bankruptcy, divorce laws, disability, probate, there are so many classes on the path to practicing law. Unfortunately, most schools fail to instruct you on the business of law. This is Solo De Facto, a show dedicated to discovering the success secrets that exist in the reality of running a solo practice. My goal is to find the one thing that separates each guest from the rest to give you practical solutions to create a thriving firm. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist. Welcome, everyone. I am happy to be here today with another episode of Solo De Facto. Um, today's guest is expert communicator and PR guru. He's the president of Just Small Biz Marketing and vice president of PR for Lawyers. Brad Sweezy, welcome to the show. Hi, Corey. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Um, so my first question for you today is, what's the one thing that you wish attorneys knew about running a successful law firm? Basically, the one thing I think most attorneys, you know, don't realize is you can't assume that your greatness as an attorney is just magically going to attract you as clients. Okay. Like I can go into, yeah. I mean, you know, I went to law school. I went to Georgetown University Law Center in D.C. Uh, it's most people know it's a pretty, pretty good law school. It's, uh, you know, definitely in the one of the top of the country and nowhere in law school, do they ever teach you anything about marketing? Now, maybe they've changed it since I went there, but basically, all right, I went to law school. I'm fairly smart. That's all I need to do. My work is going to speak for itself. You know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do great legal work. And then magically these clients are just going to start coming to me. And while that does happen for some, you know, some law firms, the bigger ones who have established a reputation, when you're dealing with smaller law firms, that doesn't always happen because you're an attorney among a sea of attorneys out there. And so your work, unless people hear about it, is not going to necessarily get you the, the clientele that you want. And then basically you're going to end up stressed out all the time and wondering how you're going to pay the bills. And I think COVID showed attorneys that their model of going out there and networking, uh, it works when you can go out there and network, but when you can't go out there and network, what do you do? And, and I think a lot of people have, we thought their whole approach to, to the law practice, because when you can't do the one thing that you're doing, then you're, uh, you know, you're in a, a bad situation and, and, you know, both, uh, you know, you and I are familiar with Dan Kennedy, et cetera, but you know, he, he talks about that, you know, don't rely on just one channel to get you business because if that one channel stops, you're in a world of hurt, like uh, many attorneys were in the past, you know, year and a half now, I think. Yeah. And that, um, that brings up a great point of you really don't understand how difficult marketing is until you try and do it. It's one of those things that you kind of think that it'll just come naturally to you because you know your business. Right. And then you get into it and you're like, that thing's working. What am I supposed to right. do? And then we, you're right. When you can't, um, when you can't go out there and talk to people in person, how are you going to get people to come to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, uh, we really started focusing about March of last year, so 2020 on, all right, how are we going to capture clients? You know, how are we going to get law firms without being able to, 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 to reach them? I, in the past year and a half, I've met personally two or three attorneys 
you know, the rest has been primarily through Zoom. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. But, you know, you have to establish that initial contact with someone and then take them through and actually get them to want to do it. Now, some attorneys have, have found like the courts were closed and that, that caused a lot of people a, a huge heart, a heartburn. But then there are some attorneys like bankruptcy attorneys where now the, the courts allowed for people to come in and do virtual, you know, virtual bankruptcies. So you don't have to go there and, you know, go in front of a judge or have your attorney go in front of a judge, et cetera. All of that could be done via Zoom uh, or, or, you know, something other than Zoom. I use Zoom because everybody uses Zoom now. But, you know, so if you don't have that, uh, you know, that thing, you go, ah, marketing's easy. It is one of the most challenging things out there. I mean, you know, and that's one of the things that attracted me to, you know, uh, you know, marketing is that challenge of taking somebody into a, a funnel, so to speak. And I know a lot of attorneys don't think of that, but taking them in and walking them through until they become clients. And the thing that, uh, you know, I, I try to equate and lawyers don't like it when I do this, but lawyers, a lot of times you're viewed in the same way as auto repair shops. Nobody thinks about auto repair until your car breaks down. <laughs> your car breaks down. Now you go, I got to get my car fixed. It's the same thing with the, you know, the law. You don't normally, well, you and I do because we do that every day, but most people, they don't go, oh, you know, no, you know, I think I want to go on Facebook and see what the, uh, you know, the civil litigator is putting on his Facebook page or, or what the immigration attorney is putting on her page. Most of them don't do that. It's one of those things where when something goes wrong or you want to pursue action because something went wrong, that's when you start thinking about attorneys. And it's very important that you're ready when they're going to do it. And the other thing is ready for, it's not easy when people have a choice. They can look up, I can look up personal injury attorney near me and have 20, 30, 40 attorneys right there. How am I going to pick you or why should I pick you over everybody else? And that's where we kind of walk through with attorneys going, all right, these are all the things that people are going to be doing to check you out before they even decide to use you. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, attorneys should do, uh, speaking about small business, uh, small businesses or solo practitioners is a lot of these small firms like to do it is don't pretend you're something you're not, you know, I see so many, uh, solo practitioners, they've got a lawyer and a paralegal, and then you go on their website and you can't read anything about the attorney. It's just a generics website about a law firm. And I think one of the things you do is, you know, hang a lantern on your problem, so to speak, is look, I'm a solo practitioner. When you call my office, you're going to reach me or my paralegal. That's it. You know, you're not going to get this 800 number out there where all of a sudden I call this 800 number. I don't know who I'm talking to. Right. And then my concern as a client would be, am I going to get the attention that I deserve? Because you can go to a big law firm and there are a lot of them out there and you think you're getting, uh, you know, I'll just use, uh, you know, John Morgan from Morgan and Morgan, because they're a big law firm on the East coast. You're just going to assume you're naturally going to have that attorney handle your case. But with four or 500 attorneys or, or however many attorneys this law firm has, you're probably not going to get the big lawyer. He or she is too busy managing this law firm. 
you're going to get somebody who might be out of law school for a few years or maybe five years. You're not going to get what you think you're getting. And so I think so, solo practitioners really need to, like I said, hang a lantern on their problem and say, look, I'm handling your case. Your case is a big case to me, <laughs> you know? And I, you know, we work with a lot of firms and lawyers who just, you know, just went out on their own. They got a few years experience with a bigger firm. Now they're on their own. Now they have to confront, oh my God, I have to spend a lot of money here up front to get clients, you know? And if you don't have that investment mindset, uh, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, it's like law school. I, I like to say that, look, in law school, you go to law school, you're probably not working for three years of your life. You're making zero dollars from law. <laughs> you know, you might get some sorry internships paid, but for the most part, for three years, you're not making any money. But you continue doing it because you know there's a payoff, you know, at year four, you know, year three, depending on when you pass the bar, you know, there's a payoff. And it's the same thing with marketing. You've got to take that approach of I have to spend money now and I might have to spend money tomorrow and the next day until I get that magic uh, uh, client that can then use to, you know, enhance my funnel and get me more clients. You have to go into it with the right attitude. And if you don't, you're going to be just twiddling your thumbs and going, I, I don't know why I, why I went out on my own or something like that. So... Totally. So would you say um, that a solo attorney really needs to kind of lean in and, and and make it known that they're solo and make it known who they are to attract people to them? So kind of how they stand out from that big firm? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm dealing with a, a client of ours who's, a, you know, an immigration attorney and small firm, uh, you know, but I say, you know, do you have a dog? Because I noticed a picture of a dog in the background. Do you have a dog? Yeah, you have a family? Well, maybe you want to personalize your your About Me page and highlight that. People love dogs, you know. Even people love cats, whatever. Dogs usually have a fairly good appeal to people, you know, and family does too. And a lot of times when you're dealing with, let's say, immigration law, these are people who want a better future for their family. They're family-oriented for the most part. So why not put your family there and, and personalize and explain why I am doing what I'm doing? It's not just, ah, I went to law school and I put my uh, various practice areas in the hat and I picked immigration, you know, explain that, you know, and personalize it. And the more you connect with your prospective client, the better off you're going to be. And, and that's the thing I think you have to look at. Here are my strengths. Here are my weaknesses. I'm going to highlight my strengths and minimize my weaknesses. And the law firms, even the solo case, solo practitioner, look, all right, this case is too big just for me. I'm going to maybe refer it out or bring somebody else in. And then you establish that relationship as the go-to point of contact for them in the legal world. And attorneys can refer other cases to other attorneys and they get referral fees, you know, so... They don't just have to go, well, if I give it to this attorney, I'm not going to get anything. You might get a substantial amount of money uh, and not have to necessarily do most, most of the, you know, the legwork. So you can then get more clients to, that you can handle successfully. That is a really great piece of advice, the um, personalization, because I feel like that's something that a lot of people try and keep away from their business. But when you're in this 
field as somebody who is trying to stand out, why wouldn't you do that thing that makes you stand out and show that you're a human and how you relate right. to that you're trying to help? That makes so much sense. Right. So what would you yeah. say the most important thing um, to do to get ahead of the need? You mentioned earlier that, um, you know, people don't need an attorney until they need an attorney. They're not thinking about it. So what's your, what would you give, um, what would be the one piece of advice you would give to an attorney who's like, I don't know where to start with my marketing. What do I need to do to get ahead of the need? Yeah, well, for that, I would say, you know, generally, like any business out there, any big organization is, you know, work with somebody. We do it, obviously, work with people who are going to develop a plan with you, a plan of attack, a marketing plan, a PR plan, you know, because if you don't have that plan, you're just throwing things out the wall. I mean, it's, uh, you know, law school, they say, you know, just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks when you're making, you know, pursuing a case, et cetera. That doesn't work because... You don't have unlimited spaghetti to, to throw at the wall, you know? And so if you have a plan of attack going, all right, uh, yeah, I, I want to establish relationships. You know, my marketing plan is going to say, all right, ultimately I want to have a hundred thousand dollars more in revenue over the next 12 months. All right. I'm going to work on some of the immediate need of, all right, if somebody personal injury attorney, I'm going to do some kind of advertising that takes advantage of that. Like, uh, you know, Google ads, for example, but then I'm also going to work on, you know, my website. I'm also going to work on establishing relationships with referral sources, you know, other attorneys reaching out to them, uh, reaching out via LinkedIn for those types of things. Uh, uh, you know, there are local networking events uh, where we are in Florida, you know, the chambers are open, you know, they're having meetings, you know, um, there's groups like uh, Business Networkers International and BNI, which I've been a part of for off and on for, I think about 10 years. And those are good ways to start building some relationships with some people. And then, of course, you integrate the, the public relations aspect. I mean, I was a, a public affairs officer in the, the Air Force. I ran public affairs for a, a lot of the bigger bases out there. I was also a press officer for the Food and Drug Administration in Washington. And media can be very important, you know, and there's a, a list every day of reporters needing somebody to comment, you know, on something, you know, uh, all right, your contractor, you, you know, you're, you're building a house or you're putting a renovation on your house. The contractor shows up the first day and doesn't show up for two weeks after. They have a good portion of your money. You know, what do you do? And a reporter might be writing a story or producing a story for the, you know, TV. Well, then we interject ourselves in that conversation and then get you that media play. And then you can take that media attention. You put it on your website. And then you use it, uh, if you don't have an email list, you should develop it. You put an email newsletter out. You could do YouTube videos and everything else, but you have to do some of that stuff so that when somebody comes into the funnel, you look like you can handle this, you know, you can do it. And there are a lot of lawyers um, who you go to their website and it doesn't present the picture you want to present to people, uh, you know, like an attorney, I've, I've seen it, you know, an attorney who, uh, you know, you look up the attorney, you go to Google my business and they have one review and it's a one-star review. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to an attorney that has one review and it's one star. It's not going to happen. So those are the things you have to do ahead of the curve. And if you have a, a marketing plan in place, 
you're not surprised, you're going in with the right expectations and you're funding it at the right level. So you succeed. I mean, you know, if you go to Georgetown, if you're not prepared to commit 30 plus thousand dollars a year and pay it over your rest of your life, then don't go there. <laughs> you know, okay. it's the same thing with, yeah, it's the same thing with marketing is going in with eyes wide open, understand that it's going to be a challenge, but once you get better and better at it and establish yourself, you will find that it, it produces results, but it's that consistency that you do it. Uh, you know, I always talk about, well, I want to send a mailer out to somebody, you know, uh, we've got a lawyer and a state attorney who's doing a, you know, a seminar next month, you know, you can send that mailer out one time. That's not going to get you the results that you necessarily need. You know, you've got to hit people multiple times in multiple avenues. And, and so if you, so you say, oh, I'm going to mail something out one time, I say, oh, it's almost don't do it, you know, commit to it five times, six times, you know, and it's that constant repetition that helps and everybody gets enamored with electronic communications now, you know, and the challenge is your inbox is probably as full as my inbox and all your filters half the time filter out stuff that you may even be interested in. And then you, you open it up and go, this is interesting, but then, oh, Brad's calling, let me look at it later. And then 12 other emails come in and then you forget about that. So I, I think. You've got to have a multi-channel approach to, to things and focus on, you know, digging the well before you're thirsty is a book. I think there was a book called that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So it's really about um, omnipresence. It's what you would say, like just making sure you're seen everywhere, doing everything. And right. Doing it multiple times. Right. And using, yeah. And, and using what you have to, you know, to offer. I mean. I, you know, I'm a bald man. It would be stupid for me to go, hey, hey, everybody, I'm a got a big head of hair on my head, so to speak. And, you know, because eventually they're going to see me. They're going to go with this guy, you know, well, I'm working on a, a you know, a book, a webinar or something. I don't know yet, but, a, you know, a bald man's guide to marketing or something like that. <laughs> but, but because I think sometimes it, it helps to, to think of yourself as a, hey, all right, I'm a bald guy from New York, you know. I'm not uh, Hugh Grant or whatever. It's so when you go there, you've got to make people interested in you and highlight what you have to offer, and not pretend you're something that other than you're not. Because when you're dealing with law, people are are involved in generally high stress situations. You know, they're they, they, and they've got to you know tell you their deepest darkest secrets, so to speak, and they want to be able to 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 talk to a human being. I don't yeah. want to deal with that, you know, a robot, you know, this is somebody I'm going to spend a good amount of money with, uh, depends on, you know, what, what, what kind of law, but I'm going to then tell everything. They're going to ask me questions that I may feel uncomfortable answering. So if they don't think of you as a genuine human being, unless you're a complete bulldog and you tell people, look, I'm a bulldog. I don't really care about anything else, but winning, then that's, that's a positioning statement. But for most of us, you know, hey, this is, this is me, you know, this is Brad Sweezy. I, I get impatient when I have to wait at three traffic lights in a row. You know, I can pretend I don't, but I do. And that's one of the questions I use when I interview people is, you know, what do you do if you've got three traffic lights in a row? How do you handle, handle that, you know, and, and, and be honest, because at one point we're going to be in the traffic and this could be three traffic lights in a row. So. Uh, I, I think the more you can do that, the better off you are. 
I 100% agree. It just goes back to leaning into who you are and making sure that your client or potential client are getting what they're expecting from you. Right. So on that note, what is the, if somebody was going to back up, they don't have a budget yet to hire somebody to help them. What is the one most important thing to do to start their marketing process and start getting ahead of people and start planting that seed before they can really grow a budget and get enough clients to, to go full force? All right. Well, it, it, I'll, I'll speak about the COVID environment because if we, if we clamp down and you, you can't go talk to people and then, you know, a, a normal environment, if I had a limited you know, a limited or almost no budget. I mean, I would focus on in a COVID world is I've got to start developing a, a list of people that I can email, you know, I've got to, and that doesn't necessarily cost anything. I mean, you can start connecting with, with people, your referral sources for you as an attorney, like if I'm doing elder, uh, you know, state law, probate law, et cetera, look, there are CPAs out there that are going to be influential on where clients put their money and how they plan. That doesn't cost anything to connect with, you know, connect with them. You know, there are uh, financial planners, same kind of thing. They're out there, they're trying to get business. So I would try to reach out to them and then try to look for opportunities where we can partner together and do a, a webinar in the COVID world or real in-person seminar, you know, even at a bank, you know, and and collect your 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 stuff together and do something like, one of our attorneys, he's a solo practitioner, uh, you know, he's partnered with the funeral homes, you know, they're doing a seminar next month at a few, you know, at a funeral home's location, not in the actual funeral home, <laughs> but right, right there, because right. the fact is we're all going to die, you know, yeah. who's going to get your money? Is it going to yeah. be your family? Is it going to be the government? How do you deal with that? So those don't necessarily, that relationship, when he reached out to this funeral home, that didn't cost anything. I mean, it was Fantastic. good old, you know, put the shoes on and go out there and pound the pavement, so to speak. And you can do it electronically, trying to connect to people, you know, with LinkedIn, uh, you know, and you can do social media too, Facebook. I know LinkedIn is part of social media, but when people say social media, most people think, all right, Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. And the other thing is I would connect with uh, some of your local reporters. I mean, you, you know, you've got the TV, you know, reach out to the, you know, TV, find out who's the local reporters are and just reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm available as a source. If you need any, you know, expert is, you know, uh, subject matter expert for a particular article, you know, I'm going to be the one you can talk to. And the more quotable you can be, the better. I mean, a reporter, you know, under is constantly under a deadline. Everything is deadline driven. You and I could be talking right now and we're working on a story and all of a sudden something breaks on my other screen, you know, like a news thing breaks. And then all of a sudden, oh, Corey, I got to go. I got to go cover this story, you know? Right. And so you've got to be available to the media. And when you are available, the more, you know, colorful you can be, you know, mm -hmm. the more they, they like that. They, you know, be quotable, you know, if you. It really comes would, back to your authenticity and. Right. Be yourself, yeah. have a personality, I mean, and they're going to be interested in you. And then simultaneously, people are going to want to read about you and yeah. more about who you are and how you help people. Yeah. I, and I think, I, I you think know. this is really great advice. Um, 
because you, as you're saying, it's free to build these relationships, to go bump some elbows. Like we're not really shaking right. hands right now. Right. You can go and touch elbows and right. it's free. And yeah. there's so much that can come out of that too, is as far as like authority marketing and building your content, just by talking to people. Um, right. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And you can also do like every state has a small business uh, development center, SBDC. They've got multiple locations around. I've done some classes for um, at, at the, the colleges in Florida, the uh, where the small business development centers are, and there are often entrepreneurs there who want to start a business, right? But there are a variety of subjects. So as an attorney, I could put you know three things you need to do to protect your personal assets of starting a business or something like that, and you don't pay anything for that. The the college and the small business development center will, you know, publicize that. You'll probably get 20 to 30 people in the room who want to listen. Maybe one is, you know, going to be a viable candidate who's going to want to spend money with you. But, you know, that doesn't matter. I mean, I got my one of my biggest clients through LinkedIn, through doing something similar at uh, a career. In, in Florida, they have these career, uh, what was careerbrevard.com, but it's by the state where where people can go in. If you're looking for a job or you're looking to start a business, the state has different things. And I did a thing at... Um, Career Brevard, I think that's what it's called, this a few years ago. And the director of that, like what I said, and she connected me with somebody on LinkedIn who's in Texas, by the way. And and uh, he ended up, you know, being a very big client for me, you know. And so that, it didn't come right from that. I also, you know, I, I, I try to give people advice that I've done myself is what I did as I reached out to Florida today is like a... Uh, uh, paper in uh, Florida, it's like a, uh, it's a daily paper. So it's a daily newspaper. I reached out to them and said, look, I like to write a column on small business marketing. You know, I said, give me some ideas. I did. And, you know, I wrote a column for Florida today for a while, you know, on small business marketing. And that got me business. That didn't cost me anything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because you're just, you're providing them content, but you're also right your expertise in the area for people to read about that is so this is all you're giving i can count probably 20 different tips that you've given and have just been really amazing yeah um so i kind of want to move on i want to talk about your business now so um what's the most exciting thing that's coming up for you in your businesses yeah. So, you know, on the legal front, uh, you know, what's the most exciting is we finally got everybody, you know, the right people in the right positions. You know, we've got uh, an approach that can deal with clients and manage clients, you know, whether they're in person or they're a thousand miles away or 2000 miles away, we've got the team in place. We've got the processes and systems in place to make sure that we can execute, you know, quickly and accurately for people. I mean, when you first started, all right, you know, a lot of companies had everything on a, let's say a server, you know, one server in an office, et cetera. And they managed uh, processes through that. We transitioned to a, you know, a different project management system. We've, you know, we've incorporated Slack, uh, you know, into our, our, our daily world. And so you can reach out and say, all right, I've got a question. All right, Corey, just asked me a question. Uh, Tracy, can you, you know, can you get, you know, get me that? So. We've, we've, we've done that. We've had, uh, you know, we've had people who were working when it started who aren't working now. We've got, you know, a different group of people. And these are people we've hired in a COVID environment, you know, and that 
So that's a little bit different. I mean, you know, the two people who, who uh, you know, helped me primarily in Florida and we've got the team in New York, you know, I, I've met them twice. Uh, they live an hour away, et cetera, but we can communicate and work things and it, it really flows well. And so now it's just saying, all right, we've got this process in place. We've got the right team in place. Now we can go and incorporate the in-person stuff and the, the online stuff and, and, and do that. And, you know, one of the things we're looking at doing is something similar to you is, is, all right, let's have a, you know, a podcast or something along the lines with, you know, with attorneys just, you know, but focus on it, on, on a marketing angle for them. So whether it be a quick interview or something like that, where they can then post that on their website or something. So it's, it doesn't cost anything, but it's a, you know, it's a lead generation thing for us. You know, we'll give you a little bit, you can take it and, you know, have it because one of the things is attorneys, most attorneys don't want to be on TV. They don't want to be taped. They don't want to be on their website talking. I mean, it's, I think all of us, if you'd never dealt with attorneys, you'd be going, they're on TV all the time. Of course, they're going to want to want to talk. And they don't, you know, a lot of attorneys, they got into law because they want to practice law and just leave me alone. I want to practice law. You know? yeah. So I think we, we've got the, the right mix of people and, and the, the right team. And we've got a great team here, uh, diverse, you know, diverse staff from all over the place. And I think. That helps because you've got, you know, you've got younger people who, you know, cable, I don't know what the hell a cable is or, you know, or, you know, I had one where, uh, well, I don't even own a printer. I need you to, I, I need you to print something out. You don't own a printer. We got to get you, you know, we got to get you a printer, but that's what you, you know, you, you realize is everybody does things differently. And, you know, the phone is like, you know. I tell people what's, you know, what does it look like on the phone that my staff will probably tell you that's one of the most common questions. What does it look like on the phone? You know, I don't care what the website looks like on the website. What does it look like on the phone? Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's where most people are looking at their websites. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny because some, sometimes people never even go to a website. They, they just, they, you know, find someone, they might see a Google business review and then they, uh, they just call the law firm and they've never even looked at the website. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but it's, cause you, it's funny cause you think, you know, when you're doing your own and you would do it with your own businesses, look, of course, this is obvious. They're going to go here. They're going to go here. This is great. You know? And then they go, they never even saw that. I said, I spent all that time on it. They never even saw it, you know, but it feels good to, you know, to get it done and have things in place. So, you know, when somebody comes into the door, you're ready to, to, you know, convert them. And I, I think we thought back to the, your original question, because I, I go around a lot is we thought when, when COVID first started, you know, back in, in March of 2020 or so, bankruptcies are going to go crazy. Bankruptcies all over the place. Right. And so we postured to go after bankruptcy attorneys. That's where it made sense mm -hmm. and financial doom. Well, Bankruptcy attorneys have not had a good time <laughs> because of all the rescue things out there, bankruptcies are not very high at all compared to what we thought they were going to be. And so you have to reposition. So, you know, you adjust, you take that flexible uh, approach to things and then you, you configure a little bit better and then you, you adjust and, and you move on and, and, 
that's what you have to do is, uh, you know, do that. We put out a, uh, every week I put out a weekly, uh, three to four minute, you know, email video, whatever on an email, you know, talking about various aspects to try to help, you know, attorneys, you know, do it. And, um, you know, the thing with everybody else and even a, a guy or a woman who's going to hire an attorney is it's, it's always, well, how much it's going to cost me, <laughs> right? Because, yeah. you know, ultimately if it was free, of course you'd do it. But, you know, just like a lawyer, people have to get paid for what they, they do. And you have to make that decision. Is it worth, you know, paying this for or not? I mean, I just reached out to an attorney who contacted us back in uh, March of last year, touch base with her in April, March of this year. You know, I, I've been touching her, you know, uh, through our, our marketing systematic process. And originally she said, well, I'm going to choose somebody else to do my website because they're cheaper. Right. And so I went on today, seven months later, six months later, the website's still there in the exact same finish it was when we first started, you know? So I emailed her right before this. I haven't heard back from her yet, Don. Well, what's going on with your website? <laughs> because... It's been six months and there's no change. Did I anything? So that's, that's what happens is people don't want to act on the change. I mean, sometimes people think everything's got to be perfect before you start, uh, you know, out on something. And the reality is if you wait for perfect in the marketing world, you're, you're going to be dead, you know, cause there's, it's like, you know, we can do a podcast. All of a sudden we're doing a podcast and then, oh, power goes out, <laughs> oh, <and never. laughs> you know? Things will always go wrong. You'll, you'll put something online. You've read it 500 times. You know, you've had somebody else proofread it and then it goes online or you worse, you print it. And there's this obvious error that, yeah, yeah because our brains start seeing what we want to see. And, and like, I always tell my staff is read it out loud from the backup. I want you to read it out loud because yeah. that'll force you to slow down and realize, uh, that's not what I meant. You know, and great advice. Yeah, it's so funny could, because um, on the on the topic of podcasting, if I had waited till I felt comfortable podcasting, I would not be on this call with you right now. <laughs> you have to just do it; otherwise, you're yeah. just never going to. Yeah, and I think that brings up another thing with the attorneys: is look, I just reached out to you guys, right? I mean, I I you know you know saw an interview with um, with Emily, right? Uh, and, uh, so an interview, I said, right, well, I'm going to reach out to you. What's the word yeah. I can say, you know? And, and we uh, said, yes, <laughs> we don't deal with bald guys, you know, just, <laughs> you know, so that's the kind of thing that, you know, you do is, is don't wait for perfect. You can always change stuff online. I mean, you know, that's the reality. And look, I'm, 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 I'm not a perfect human. And, and, you know, like I used to do this with the, my weekly, you know, uh, video, video emails is I would film it and they go, ah, oh, man, I just, I just made a mistake right there. Then I go back and film it again. And then the next thing you know, two hours later, I don't have the finished product. I said, forget this. This is going to be, you know, this is me. I'm making a mistake. Sometimes I'll catch it and we're just going on. And I think people like to see, um, people don't like to see people mess up, but it's always fun watching somebody else. When it's not you, you know, it's make like a stink. It's the authenticity and, and, part of it. Right. Or it's, yeah. You're just seeing that's a real person and they may have said the wrong thing at the moment, but it's really right. cool and yeah. it's yeah. authentic. Yeah. 
So and I think that's that's really ultimately what I would advise, you know, small business or small attorneys, solo practitioners, small firm is you really have to be authentic. Don't try to pretend you're a, you know, huge company or huge legal firm because that's that's not you 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 are on your own because you want to help people that you want to help solve a legal problem and that's you. I mean, you know, there's a book called the no, it's the no a-hole rule. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you get to, to largely determine who you're going to work with. You know, who are you going to spend your limited time on earth doing your legal practice? Who are you going to do it? You know, I was an officer in the Air Force and, you know, I went to the Air Force Academy um, and you have no choice. This is the people you're working with. Uh, I don't care if it's, you know, 1130 at night, uh, we need to work for another five hours, whatever. It doesn't matter. We have a little bit more control as, as, uh, as you know, solo practitioners and small businesses, which, uh, you know, you guys are, and, and we are, is to, to work with people and find the people you need when you, you know, need somebody and you can bring them in and, and use them to, you know, help you and you can help them and give them that experience. And you start developing a team of people who work well together, regardless of where they are. I mean, and I think the more you as a, a law firm can, can find those people to help you out, you know, like I was talking to a solo practitioner yesterday and I think, you know, he would be great fit for, you know, what you guys do is, um, you know, find the right people to help you out. You don't need to have a full-time staff, you know, find the people who are going to be good at what you can do, good at stuff that you don't want to do or can't do. And it doesn't matter where they are. And, and I think a lot of people, when it, COVID first started, were really going, ah, I'm just going to wait this out. You know, I'm going to, you know, like, you know, my wife runs a travel agency. She's been in the travel business for 20 years. You know, she's got about 10 or 11 agents uh, working with her across the country. And when it first started, ah, it's, it'll be over in three minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, and if any, you know, uh, people out there, uh, any type of industries, Travel agents, they had a pretty bad year and a half. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, there were a couple of months where she made no money and had to work to cancel trips. You know, and she was, I mean, she's a top producer. She's not, you know, all right, I've been doing this for whatever it is. And so what that helps me when I'm dealing with some law firms is, look, I know where you are in terms of being concerned about revenue, you know, because I have a business. My wife has a business, her business went, you know, it dropped, you know, and like you, it's the same thing. You, you know, your income may drop, but that doesn't mean your expenses dropped. Right. You know, right. and so you tell people that I, I had an attorney call me, oh, uh, it was about two months ago. It was a Saturday morning. I was at the gym. I like Planet Fitness because I, I used to travel a lot and Planet Fitness is all over the place. Yeah. And I was there. Guy calls me Saturday morning. Maybe he thought he was going to get my voicemail. And I picked up and I talked to him. And I tell him, look, if you're, if you're working on the weekend, then chances are I'll be working as well. Because I know that's when law firms, lawyers, a lot of times during the week, they're so busy on, you know, what they need to do. They don't have time to think until the weekend. So, you know, I'm available on the weekend. Right. Makes sense. So I'm really curious because you mentioned earlier that um, you went to law school. So how did you end up from going to law, law school to the legal space of marketing? 
how do you, well, I, Academy. <laughs> yeah. So the Air Force Academy is like, uh, most people have heard of West Point or Annapolis, you know, mm-hmm. the Air Force Academy is the Air Force equivalent of, of those two. So, uh, you know, so I basically went to college there. I graduated with academic honors. I went into public uh, affairs in, in the Air Force, which is public relations, basically. You know, I was an officer, you know, at various locations at Hanscom Air Force Base. I got to spend some time during Desert Storm and in uh, Riyadh. Uh, I was up in Massachusetts and I wanted to go to law school and the Air Force first said no. Then they said yes. So <laughs> I actually, the first two weeks of law school and I still had to work for the Air Force. I actually commuted from Boston down to D.C. Oh my gosh. I would fly out on the, the shuttle because it's ironic. As soon as you get to the airport at Logan, the shuttle from uh, Logan to D.C. is about an hour. Sometimes the commute is that long. So I, I did that and, and I was going to law school. I was married at the time. I had, you know, one kid and two kids. And, uh, you know, why I was doing that, I said, I need to get some, you know, so, some money to help support the family. So I was an officer. I was doing that. Then I said, I, I don't want to be an officer full time anymore. So what I did was I got out, I got my securities licenses. So I was a financial advisor while I was going to law school. And my wife was from Colorado. My now ex-wife was from Colorado. So after two years, I had two years of law school done. My wife wanted to, at the time wanted to go back to Colorado. And I said, all right, you know, I'm, I was actually making a good amount of money on the financial advising stuff. I said, I'll go back, we'll go to Colorado. I'll finish, you know, finish law school there. Well, I never ended up finishing, you know, and when I got to Colorado, there's a reserve officer position. So I basically did the reserves while I was doing my financial stuff. And then I got an opportunity to go uh, to back to Massachusetts for a year and a half to deal with a uh, uh, environmental situation with the Air Force at a radar site on the East Coast. So I basically worked that for a year and a half or so. And then during that time, 9-11 happened, right? Uh-huh. And so I, you know, I was doing that. I got activated and then a position opened up at Andrews Air Force Base where the president, uh, United States, you know, wing is so Air Force One. So I was able to get that position and then I, you know, did, you know, PR stuff, you know, for the Air wow. Force. And then I, I got, I, I went to the National Guard Bureau, uh, you know, I did stuff there. Then I got offered to go down to Patrick, uh, Cape Canaveral, you know, where the Kennedy Space Center is to handle PR down there. And so while I was down there, I interacted with a lot of small businesses. And at that time I said, I don't want to stay. Oh, I went back to. DC, I worked for the Food Drug Administration. Yeah, and then I got back to uh, Patrick. So wow. I had a lot of different jobs. Yeah. I, yeah. So I was like, I don't want to move back to DC. For, for me to move up in the, in the government around there for my job, I had to go back to DC. And I said, I don't want to deal with that. I mean, I would leave for work sometimes in DC at 4.30 in the morning. I get on the Metro at 5 a.m. I'd be in the office at six. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I interacted with a lot of, uh, you know, small businesses as a public relations guy for the Air Force, you know, and I realized, look, a lot of these small businesses, they join a chamber, whatever, they get started. And then all of a sudden this group of advertisers just flocks to them. Like, it's like, how much money can we extract from this small business before it goes out of business? Because the failure rate is fairly high, you know, 50, 90%. So I realized these people are being taken advantage of. And, you know, I've always believed in service, public service, et cetera. And I, I, I realized 
they're being taken advantage of. They need somebody to, to, to come in and go, all right, I'll be your chief marketing officer. I'll do a marketing plan for you. I'll help you deal with advertisers, you know? And then when the advertiser comes and throws some BS at you, you know, I go, ah, that doesn't make any sense. Let's take a look at this. And so I did that now. PR for Lawyers, uh, the Public Relations and Marketing Group and PR for Lawyers, they're, you know, together. John and I actually in 2000 came up with the idea, you know, back in 2000. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I went, you know, 9-11 happened, et cetera. So it just never happened. And he, he wanted me to go back to, to New York. I said, John, I'm not going back to New York. I'm not going back to New York. And what's funny is, I, this is the problem with LinkedIn though, right? You get so many mess. You get so many messages with LinkedIn, right? Well, so this this happened about a month ago. I actually started scrolling through some older LinkedIn's. I'm talking three or four years ago. That you know, you just that's an inch junk. And then I noticed an email. I mean, a message from John that said, "Hey, why don't we partner together?" <laughs> that was four years ago. I never saw it. You know? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So. Around last year, once COVID started, you know, John, you know, reached out again and let's, all right, let's talk about it. And at that point, he knew, well, it doesn't matter where you are. It really yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so that's how I, 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 you know, got involved with the, you know, the PR for lawyers, uh, you know, approach with him and, and, and really focused on, on that side of the, you know, the, you know, the business, so to speak. And it works. John's a lawyer. Uh, we have a lawyer on staff. You know, so you can connect with lawyers, you understand a little bit what they're going through and you're not intimidated. Uh, I think a lot of times people can get intimidated by well, lawyers or doctors or whatever, you know, uh -huh. and I don't necessarily get intimidated. I've gone to a pretty good law school. Uh, you know, I know my craft very well. I've been practicing for, for a long time and I will always try to give them just like a lawyer will give the client, here's the straight scoop here. You know, yeah. you've got, you've got no shot of winning this case. The only thing I can, you know, just, just try to mitigate your losses or whatever. But I think people appreciate, you know, if you're being, if you're being honest with them and you know, there's some people, look, you can't help or, or you can't afford it or you don't want to pay for it. You know, that's fine. I mean, you've, you give people your honest opinion of, about something and they may not like it, but they'll respect you, you know, for that. And you realize you know, that's all you can do is, is practice what you do, be the best you can be. But like we tell lawyers, you can't just expect that to happen. You have to go out there and, and market yourself. I mean, it's just a part of, it's a part of the world. And on average, most businesses, it's about 10% or so your target revenue should be devoted to marketing. And if you're not, you're not going to grow. I mean, mm -hmm. you might grow through the right case and get the right referral, but that's, that's not you, that's you not necessarily controlling your fate as much as relying on other people, you know, to control it. And you go in with the right attitude and like, look, I know I'm going to make mistakes, you know, I, mm -hmm. it, but if you're moving fast, you can always correct your mistakes. You know, you yeah. can always, you can go and then, all right, let's fast. Now let's slow, let's bring something up. And, and people want you to offer a different perspective than they can get from everybody else. Cause you know, now everybody is a, everybody is an expert on everything, right? <laughs> right. I mean, 
Everything in legal are both two of yeah. the top things that you could think you Google it and know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Boom. You know, like all of a sudden you saw Af- Afghanistan. All of a sudden, everybody's an expert on military strategy in Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's an expert on it. I mean, the fact is not everybody is an expert on everything, you know, and you and I, if we go, if we looked at the same situation, you're going to see it from your perspective and I'm going to see it from my perspective. And if we both take those perspectives, we might develop something, you know, better than we could either do on our, on our own. And I think the law firms and the lawyers, they just have to realize that they need a little bit of help along the way to help them be the best attorney and help people realize that they're, they're the best attorney for this particular situation. And you can look, you could say, listen, I'm an attorney. I only, I only handle cases of people who drive minivans because I love minivans, right? If you drive any other vehicle, I don't want to deal with you. I mean, right. I don't suggest that or recommend that, but it's a strategy, you know? Hey, it's niching down, you know? Right. <laughs> right. This is, this, this is who I want to deal with, not anybody else. And mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd be surprised if you do that. You're going to lose some people, but then there's going to be a group of people who, hey, they love minivans. And yeah, you're going to find your people when you narrow yeah. it down a little bit yeah. like that and make sure it, your messaging's clear. If your right. messaging's not clear, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah exactly. If your messaging is clear, then you're going to find your people. So, yeah. and you want to just make sure there's enough of those people to support you and, your, your efforts, you know, you don't want to mic yeah. you down so much that, well, I've helped one person. I mean, that's it. I can, yeah, I hope that's my person. full, my full pool of people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the more you can, you know, you can do that, uh, you know, the better off you are. And I, I have done everything in PR and marketing out there. I, I, there's not a thing I've done. I've, I've, I forgot to mention, I also put on, uh, you know, air shows, uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale air show, Ocean City air show. I mean, uh, big events, uh, you know, and I, I familiar with all the things that can go wrong in big events. I mean, uh, you know, from, oh, this is good. We're doing the Fort Lauderdale air show back in 2013. That was that weekend. Well, the Monday there, there was a little thing called the Boston. It's not little, but there was the Boston bombing at the marathon. Oh man. Well, you're doing this huge public event. In Florida, all of a sudden, and the world went at home muck. And then we had to get the Homeland Security involved and do all of these different things. That, But that's what happens. Things go unexpectedly, and you've got to be able to pivot as they do it. And I think the small law firm, I think, which shows people, look, I can pivot very easily. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to coordinate with 12 other attorneys. It's just, it's me. All right, I'm not going to go to this appointment now. I'm going to help you with your case. And then you can adjust, you know, what you're doing. And people appreciate talking to an attorney who answers the phone. I mean, so many people don't. The problem is there's so much, uh, you know, cold calling that comes in. But, all right, I'm going to call this attorney. I'm going to text him and I'm going to reach him. And I I tell my clients, look, you're very rarely going to catch me off guard. If you you email me at 1.30 in the morning, chances are by 4 a.m. you're going to get an answer from me. (laughs) Yeah. I wake every hour and a half I get up. I just do. (laughs) I don't know if it's, you know, in the military or whatever, I just do. So I'm always checking to make sure if you've got something, it, it's not going to be that, that long, but I'm willing to do that. You know, not everybody's willing to do that. I am. And so I, I say, well, you know, test me. Yeah. Test me. And, and you'll see that. And I think once you can walk the talk, so to speak, yeah, walk the talk, 
the more likely the, the clients are going to go, all right, this guy or this woman, she, you know, will take my case on and see it to the end. And I think that's, that's the one thing you do because you don't want to be, well, I call this attorney uh, and now I haven't heard from him in two or three weeks. I mean, just touch base with them. I and mean, I think that's where, uh, you know, anybody can help you with, if you have a follow-up system, you just say, all right, every, every week, send an email to, to Corey, Corey, we're still working your case. So Corey, Corey knows you haven't forgot about him or forgot about you. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a really good advice. And we always tell people, um, you know, voicemail is the quickest way to kill your new leads. You're going to lose them. They're just going to keep moving on. Yes. Phone answer because right. that, that's what they're looking for, especially if you, there's somebody's calling a smaller attorney. They right. want to get you or get right. somebody that represents you on the phone. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I, I do that. And I test clients as well. And, and I know you guys call law firms as well is, you know, doing a, a very big ad campaign for them. And, and I called on a Friday afternoon and I got you reached extension 202 or something, please leave a message. Mm -hmm. it, so I immediately called the, the attorney on his cell phone. I said, look, w w these ads are running. I just called the number and I get this extension 202. I don't know where you are. I actually called it three or four times because I was like, am I dialing it wrong? <laughs> and that's what exactly you bring up. People are going to move on. They may leave a voicemail. But if they do. Answers are slim. They're, they're just going to go. I'm dialing and I'm going to do the, I'm going to call the next. And so we had, we had called, um, a, a big group of, um, solo attorneys and small firms. Um, and the number of people that didn't answer was higher than any other factor of what we were calculating. But, um, we also got people that would just answer, you know, hello. And you're like, did I, did I reach this attorney? Right. <laughs> like, um, I thought I was calling a law firm. Is this the, is this the attorney? Right. Like, oh, yeah, it's me. I'm here. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it is. And it, that's the thing I recommend people is just, you know, just do that. You know, go, call your own firm. I mean, I think I actually did a presentation this morning for the BNI, the Business Networkers International Group on that. I mean, we will call your, the client. You know, we'll call them and see, okay. right? And I, I've got this particular problem and see what actually happens. Does the person answer the phone? Do they say hello? You know, is there a, a kid crying in the background, dog crying in the background, whatever? Yeah. Because I think you're spending all of this money to get somebody to call you. And then why would you leave out the key step is answering the phone? Absolutely. Because then you're you're taking all this time to curate your marketing. Right. You better be able to follow it up with the customer service. Right. To, yeah. To feel the yeah. deal. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah. if, if you're not if you're not gonna do that, don't do that. Don't say you're available 24-7 and you're not available 24-7. Your voicemail is available 24-7. So right. just tell people and they'll move on. I mean, they will in a heartbeat, they'll go, boop, all right, that, boop. It's the same thing. Uh, with an auto repair shop. All right. Uh, my car is broken. I'm on the side of the road. Oh, no answer. Yeah. Oh, you could take me today. Okay. Yeah. It just it goes back to being authentic and, yeah. and continuing to be who you are and delivering on what you're practicing. Yeah. 
And then- so this has been really, really great. Um, thank you so much. Thank Where you. can people find you now? Well, we can go on drforlawyers.com. They can find, uh, they can find us. Uh, I, I don't know if you put on the, on the podcast. I mean, I've got a, a little hyperlink, a special offer for, for people who listen to this as well. Yeah, I'll share it. So I'll share it. Uh, yeah. Can I share it afterwards? Because it's a, it's a hyperlink. Yeah, we'll add it to the notes. Yeah, share the note. But we always offer a free consultation with people. Uh, it's typically 30 minutes to an hour. We say it's 30 minutes, but in case you haven't figured out, I'll talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll lose track. But, you know, and we just, we just dialogue back and forth. And then, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You want to practice for 10 years? Or you want to just ride it out to the end? We're going to develop the best approach for, for you. And if you don't like talking to people, well, we'll find the people who don't like talking to people. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, people out there and not everybody sees the world the same way and they never will, um, despite everybody saying that, but you have to be able to help whatever that client is, whatever law firm it is out there, get the most type of people that you really want to help. And you'll feel good about helping. You'll get paid to doing what you want to do. I got a friend of mine from law school. He does a lot of contract law. And I saw him last summer, uh, back, and I saw him at 6.30 in the morning and I saw him at nine o'clock at night. He was in there just, you know, reading contracts. And I thought, I said, Hal, you look miserable. You just look, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is the, this is the life I have, uh, you know, right now. But so as a solo practitioner, you're already on your own. So you might as well, you know, focus on finding the type of clients who will pay you for what you do. And the better you get at it, the more you can charge for it. Uh, if you, that's what you want to do, you may not, you may, and then, you know, you may position yourself as I don't want to charge too much. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. At the end of the day, I've helped people. I did it my way. And, you know, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brad. Thank you, Corey. Um, and to everyone um, listening, if you learned anything um, or enjoyed this podcast, share with someone else who might get some value from it. Um, that's it. Another great episode of Solo Defecto. So we'll catch you all next time. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information, visit our site at solodefacto.com. And remember, smash that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist, helping you grow your firm one call, one chat, one new client at a time. To discover how they can help you grow your firm, head on over to backofficebetties.com and mention the Solo De Facto show for an exclusive listener offer.